Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Shanae Obumacare. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods? Fickle butt. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate NFL Week 9 Pick'em Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Indeed, BetOnline, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, we got an extra day this week to crank them up. Yeah, some people would think we might be avoiding the noise after a rough week, eh? but moving around the schedules for an interview later, um, so we got an extra day to run the numbers, so hopefully we could have better success than last week. Yes, yes, fingers crossed. Yeah, we have Kelly in Vegas back on. Kelly joined us during sometime this summer, uh, who's one of the one of the best voices in terms of NFL capping, so we're excited to have her back on. Um, and a week nine slate, I tweeted this last night, I really started digging into lines a bit yesterday. Week eight, I'm not going to lie, it was a little bit foggy, but week nine, I feel like I'm seeing the board as I did in week seven, Tyler. Am I just speaking for myself, or do you feel the same way here? 
I think you're trying to recapture some magic. I'm not thinking it's a sharp week. I think it's definitely better than last week's board. Um, I feel like decent about the games we're about to talk about, but overall, I mean, there's just some weird games that I have no read on, um, like Houston versus Jacksonville, yeah. uh, Lions, Vikings. We don't know if Stafford's going to play. Just some, like, strange games. So I wouldn't say I'm back to Sharp Week, but somewhere in between Week 7 and Week 8. Yeah. Well, you know, Tyler, Sharp Week doesn't have to apply to every single game. So we'll see what happens. But before we get into the Week 9 games, We have to start, Tyler, three weeks in a row here, the IU Football Minute. Let me get out my my stopwatch here, as is customary. Um, But the Hoosiers are now number 13 in the country, and we're hosting uh, Michigan this week. Huge matchup, kind of a prove-it week. I saw we're about a three-point dog in this one. So, Tyler, I've got the stopwatch ready. Uh, we're, We're ready to go when you are. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Begin. So, so IU hasn't beaten Michigan since 1987. That was the last time they were ranked this high. Also the last time they beat Michigan and Ohio State in the same season. So first time for everything. IU 2-0, great start to the season. One area that has concerned me is their offense hasn't started out great in these games. I looked up some of the stats. IU is currently bottom 10th in the country in yards per carry, total yards in third down efficiency. So those are some areas to improve, which is a good thing because they're 2-0 and and the defense has played great. They have six takeaways through two games, and this is like a different kind of IU team we're used to. Usually it's all the offense carrying it and the defense not getting any stops. So to have that flip so far is encouraging. New offensive coordinator, weird preseason. So I think the offense will take some time to gel and we'll start to get better. I think this Michigan defense is a good team to go up against. They don't have any sacks or takeaways through two games. Harbaugh hasn't been great first-ranked teams uh, in his career at Michigan, so I feel pretty good about this game. Plus three, I think, is fair, even though we're the higher-ranked team. I think it's I think it's fair for Michigan's brand name, but I feel, I feel good about it. Realistically, if we win this game, we're essentially a top-ten team, given I know Notre Dame and Clemson play each other, and someone else will lose. All I'll say is if we win this week, it gets very interesting. It gets, I don't very, get, it gets serious. We may have to give you – we may have to be like IU football minute in 15 seconds if we yeah. get top 10. Yeah, I mean, this this is a big, big game in Michigan. kind of got embarrassed last week versus Michigan State. And if we want to do a little elementary school, I know we like math and the numbers here. I'll give you a little mm-hmm. transitive property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michigan, Michigan lost to Michigan State last week. Michigan State lost week one of the Big Ten season. We need, to get a, we need to get a whiteboard. Yeah, and we beat Rutgers last week, so by that we should beat Michigan pretty handily. But you have to assume Michigan's going to come into this game pretty locked in, and they've had our number the last few years. 2015, we should have beaten them, and I think we went to double overtime. 2017, we lost in overtime also. So we've played them well, played them close. Last year we kind of got blown out, um, but – I, I, I feel good about this game. I don't, I don't think Michigan is anything great. Their quarterback, he's mobile, which gives IU fits in the past. So we'll see. But I, I, I love IU secondary. Um, I think they've played great through two games. So we'll see what happens. Yes. Yes, we will. 12 p.m. Eastern time tip. So it's 11 a.m. Central, Tyler. A little early for you. So make sure you set an alarm. Get that extra uh, hour to sleep in. Yeah, huge. Um, okay, let's get to it. Year to date stats. I'm 21 and 18 on the year. Tyler's 20 and 19 in our five games. That one, I think, got pushed to COVID, which is what happened there. 
at locks of the week, I am 3-4-1. Yikes. Tyler, 6-2. and two. Let's get to the first game here. Chicago Bears at the Tennessee Titans. Bears are Titans minus 6.5. Over-under is 47.5. Bears are uh, hitting, uh, kind of coming back to the team they thought we thought they were. They've lost two in a row. They're 5-3 and three on the season. Uh, they did cover versus the Saints, which was nice for me last week. But Foles has been pretty bad. Eight touchdowns, seven picks this season. You'll get the Titans. They're also coming back down to earth a little bit. They lost to the Bengals last week. That defense has some serious holes. Tyler, where's your head at with this one? Six and a half is kind of a lot. Uh, but curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of points. For Titans defense, that's so bad. They're 30th in the NFL in sacks, 27th in pressure rate, 30th in red zone defense, dead last in third down defense. Opponents are converting 61.86% of third downs against the Titans. That's, I think, the all-time worst I saw on Twitter. That's horrible. But on the flip side of the coin, the Bears' offense is terrible. You mentioned Foles' numbers. He's been really bad. They're 30th in red zone offense, 31st on third down. They're 28th in success rate. Um, they can run the ball. They're bottom of the league there as well. So I don't know where to go. Both these teams are so anemic on each side of this ball. And then you flip it. Titans offense has been really good this year. They, they didn't play great last week, but they were due. And the Bears defense has been great. They're number one in third down defense and number one red zone defense. That's where the game's going to get won. Whoever could, I guess, execute better. I just tend to lean with the Titans. I know it's a lot of points, but I, I think this Bears team is terrible. I've been saying it all year. I was looking at their odds not to make the playoffs, and it's actually you'd, you'd lay more money for them not to make point than for them to make it, which is pretty shocking. And saying they're five and three, and you look at you know the 49ers who are falling apart, some of these other teams like you think it would be uh, better money for them to get in at this point, but I think. It's catching up to the Bears. I just have more trust in Mike Vrabel than Matt Nagy. I think Nagy's mm-hmm. a terrible coach. So, given all that, I like the Titans. It seems like too many points, but I just I don't trust this Bears team. And I think Vrabel just like he has a better pulse of this team than Nagy does. Yeah, this is like a weird weakness versus weakness, strength versus strength matchup, as you said. I was originally, when I started my research, I was leaning Bears because just at glance, like six and a half is a lot. for As we as we said, Titans defense is miserable, giving up at least 27 points, five of seven games, 30 or more in four games this season. Uh, and they're one in five against the spread, their last six as a favorite. But what ultimately pushed me over the top towards liking the Titans we know the Bears' offense has been miserable. You hit on all the points. The rushing game is terrible. They're 28th in the league in points per game. And now they have a COVID situation going on with the offensive line, where their offensive line was already bad. But they had to shut down in-person activities this week. The tackle, Jason Spriggs, and right guard, uh, Jermaine Ifedi, are on the reserve COVID-19 list. Spriggs tested positive. Ifedi was considered the close contact. So Ifedi could potentially play on Sunday, since they're not Thursday night football and that Goodell doesn't care about ruining their season. Not bitter at all, but 49ers. But the fact that they haven't really been able to practice, we've seen this team is losing chemistry as it is on the offense side of the ball. There was rumor, like, it seemed like maybe they go back to Trubisky because offensive line stinks. So maybe you at least get a quarterback in there that can run. His shoulder's now banged up too. Um, so all that being said, I like the Titans in this spot. Six and a half again. I wish it was like three and a half, four, but I just 
I think the Titans will be able to get theirs offensively. I think they're due defensively to do something, right? And for them, this is a, a decent spot to get right. So I like the Titans in this one as well. Well, for the Bears' offense and the Titans' defense, it's a get-right spot. Get right spot for one of them. If the Bears can't put up points versus Tennessee defense, there's no hope for them, and the Titans can't stop them. Yeah, I like, no the, hope. I like the over. This over is too low. In total. It's 47.5. The Bears, against some crappy defenses, against the Lions, they put up 27. Against the Falcons, they put up 30. 23 against the Panthers and Saints. I feel like this is like a 34-20 game. 47.5 low. It's good weather in Tennessee. Maybe. And one one thing you can put into, uh, you can quantify is the fact like the Bears defense has been playing so well this year and they continue to lose these close games where the offense just doesn't show up. Even the Monday night game versus the Rams a couple weeks ago, their defense played well enough to win that game and the offense just gave them no chance. Like at some point, I feel like there's a division in the locker room. It happened last year also. So it kind of happened with Jacksonville a couple years ago, the year after they went to the AFC title game. Defense was still good. The offense couldn't carry the water. Bortles just completely fell apart. At some point, the defense just kind of like, is like, well, the offense isn't going to do anything, and they start to slip up. So maybe that happens here. They've lost back-to-back games. Frustration could start to mount. Um, So I I like the Titans more and more as we talk about it. And Titans also just like got, kicked in the mat, punched in the face last week to Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. Like, if you have any pride, you're going to come back this week pretty pissed off, and I would assume Vrabel was. They were never close to winning that game. So I think we're both on Tennessee here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the whole Nagy-Foles thing with some of the play calls and disagreements, I don't know the root of that. I don't know how true any of that is, but I don't know. When there's smoke, there's fire. And with the Bears, offensively, it's just a train wreck. Um, Let's get on to this next game. The Baltimore Ravens visiting the Indianapolis Colts. This line's weird, Tyler. It opened at, like, Ravens minus three. Bet online, friend of the program. They have it at a pick-up now. Uh, The over-under is 47.5. Ravens, we saw what happened uh, last week versus the Steelers. Lamar pooped his pants a little bit. They're five and two straight up, three three and one against the spread. Colts continue to take care of business. I feel like pretty quietly. They're five and two. They beat the Lions last week. They continue to kind of win games. You think they should? Um, but for the Ravens, I mean, Lamar was kind of the headline last week and some of his turnovers. But Ronnie Stanley's out for the year. They just signed him. That's going to be a big loss for them. And the Ravens also have a bit of a COVID thing going on. Marlon Humphrey, one of their best corners, has COVID. And there are about seven other players that can't practice this week because of that. Tyler, where's your head at with this one? The line moving that far is is fishy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not really fishy, right? Ronnie Stanley's out. Their right guard also got hurt, and he might go on the short-term IRS also. They're down at offensive line. And like you mentioned, they have eight guys from their defense on the COVID list. Only Marlon Humphrey is out right now. The other guys might be able to play, but who the heck knows with all this um, if they're going to be able to play. Like, I really wanted – I think the Ravens are such an obvious pick. They, they were, that was a terrible loss they had last week. They had to feel like they blew that game because the way the first half went, they were kind of controlling it, and then Lamar throws some awful, awful interceptions, has a fumble, gets the Steelers back in the game. Like, I think this is a good spot for the Ravens to bounce back. I feel like in a bounce-back spot, it's always. I feel like it might be better to go up against a better team because that refocuses you. 
rather than playing like a crappy team and you might just be like whatever overlook them so I think playing a good team actually is in their favor so I'm gonna take the Ravens out of pick them they might not have any defensive players uh which could be troublesome Lamar Lamar struggled I mean this year he's 30th in completion percentage uh out of the last five games he's thrown for under 60 percent for those he hasn't played great but I, I like I just think this is a bounce back spot for them I still don't trust Rivers and like I said, even though the Ravens might not have their starting defensive players, I still think they'll be pretty good, and maybe they'll get some of those guys back. I, I just don't see Rivers tearing up this Baltimore defense, and the Colts can't run the ball either, so I don't know how that's going to suit them in this game. Right. I think that's what this comes down to for me as well. The, the Ravens' defense has continued to play well. They've allowed the fifth fewest yards in the league, third in the league with 12 takeaways, They've been incredible on the road. Uh, they've won nine straight road games dating back to last season. The Colts' run run offense has been miserable, kind of up there with the Bears, one of the worst in the league. Rivers, he looked decent last week, but again, it was versus the Lions. I'd be nervous uh, with him against this Ravens team. I think we're going to be in agreement here. And the fact that the line swung, I think, has to do with COVID, has to do with Ronnie Stanley being out. And the fact that Lamar in this offense, Ravens offense, just has not been good this season. Um, so I feel like you're almost getting value with the Ravens in a bounce back spot. The Colts have won two straight and by the the law of NFL betting. I feel like we're going to revert back to the mean. And this is a huge game for playoffs too with both these teams at 5-2. and two. Looks like the Steelers have the inside track to win the division. So this could come down to those three AFC wildcard spots and who's ultimately going to be, be a top seed there. So... I mean, the Colts' defense makes me a little nervous. They're third best in defensive DVOA. If, you would, if you're taking them, that's what you're betting on ultimately. But Rivers versus the Ravens' defense makes me nervous. I think he's washed. So I'm going with the Ravens as well in a pick. Because you know what, Tyler? I feel sharp getting the best side of this line with it <laughs> at minus three. Yeah, it's all it's all about value. But I value. Think we, we, we bet numbers, not teams, as Simon would say. Mm-hmm. I think... Um... There's there's definitely an overreaction going on with Lamar right now. You know he was he's MVP last year and he's struggled so far this year. And I think people are so off him. But I think in a game versus the Colts, he'll be able he'll play well in this game. If he plays bad in this game, then the questions start to seriously come up if he's if there's something wrong there. But you know Hollywood Brown tweeting that after the game. I feel like Baltimore's just gonna come into this game very angry. And like you said, the Colts have been winning. Ravens come off a bad loss. Just feels like things get right there. And I also like the under a lot in this game. If I knew the Ravens' defense was fully going to be there, I would consider it as my lock. Um, but I still really like it. Like we said, both of these teams are really good um, defensively. Colts are top 10 in ex- a limiting explosive plays on defense. Ravens are top 10 in that as well, along with defensive success rate. So both of these teams don't allow a lot of big plays. Yeah. Ravens, what was, they gave up 28 points last week to the Steelers, but... A lot of that was set up. Six. A lot of that was set up to do to short fields in the pick six, so that was a little misleading. Also, another stat I found this week: diving into the numbers because I was so ashamed of last week. Um, a lot Ravens, of red. A lot of red. A lot of red. Um, Ravens and the Colts. So pace. Um, Ravens are twenty sixth in pace. Colts are twenty seventh. So what that means is they play really slow. They don't do any sort of hurry up. Both these teams run the ball a decent amount. Obviously, we know that about the Ravens. Um, so these teams don't rush to the line. A lot of time between plays, 
So I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, and it'll be close, but I think the Ravens will edge them out. So I like the Ravens and the under, maybe a little teaser with the Ravens on the under. Mm-hmm. Love a little tease. Um, okay, last game we're going to get to before we interview Kelly. Actually, we have the Monkey Knife Fight Lock of the Week. Never forget that. Tua and the Miami Dolphins going into Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Cardinals minus 4.5, over-unders 48.5. Uh, both teams actually coming into this game on a three-game winning streak. Uh, Cardinals off a bye, huge win versus Seattle. Still don't want to talk about it two weeks later. Dolphins, kind of a bizarre win versus the Rams into his first start. He was 12-22, 93 yards, touchdown, no picks. But bottom line is this Dolphins team has been incredible of late in terms of against the spread. They're 7-2 and two against the spread their last nine. Brian Flores doing a great job there. Tyler, four and a half. I, I'm leaning towards the Cardinals on this one. What about you? Yeah. I hate agree- no, I, I hate I hate that we're agreeing. Oh, three um, three in a row. Yeah, I, I do like I, I like <laughs> I like the Cardinals in this game. You know, great win for Miami last week. I was upset I didn't ride with Tua, but I think that was such a fluky game as we talked about. The box score just made absolutely no sense for Miami to win that game by double digits. And Miami has a good I don't know, I don't, they have a good pass defense. But their rush defense is pretty terrible. They're thirty. They're dead last in the NFL in rushing success rate. They've given up the third most explosive runs on defense. So, and that's what Arizona does well. Third in explosive runs, fourth in rushing success rate. And Arizona also comes off a bye. They're going to be well rested. And Miami, yeah, they won that game by double digits. But their defense was on the field basically the entire most of the game in the entire second half. Miami punted on every second half possession last week. Um, time possession that game was 36.5 to 23.5, favoring the Rams. Rams ran 92 plays compared to Miami's 48. I think the defense is going to be gassed, and I think it's a bad scenario to go into a team versus Arizona who's well-rested. They run the ball, and going back to my pace stat that I mentioned uh, the last game, Arizona plays the third-fastest pace, of, as we see. They like to get up and hurry up. You know, not like the defense got fully set with Kyler and all those guys. So I think this is a bad spot for Dolphins. I love Flores. I like Tua, but I think this is a bad uh, bad spot for them. Yeah, they're also potentially at their top two running backs. Like Gaskins, for sure, out. He's on the IR. He's at at least the next three games. Brita, we know Matt Brita very well from his 49ers days. Guy can't stay healthy. He has a hamstring thing going on. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, I think that's going to matter. They're going to have to be able to run the ball uh, to give Tua the ability to set up the play play action. Um, And, I mean, with Fitzpatrick, they were putting up pretty good numbers, but offensively they haven't been that efficient, 21st in the league. Look at the Cardinals. Kenyon Drake is out with an ankle injury, and I actually don't think that matters. Chase Edmonds has looked better, in my opinion. And when we had Mike Randall on before the season, I remember he kind of hinted at that, that Chase Edmonds a guy to look out for. He seems to be a good fit for this offense. And Arizona has been just a well-rounded team. They're 10th in the league in both offensive and defensive DVOA. And ultimately, I just come back to the fact that the Dolphins only had 145 yards of total offense last week. Like, that just feels fluky. So I think you're getting a better side of the number with the Cardinals this week at four and a half or, I don't know, six. And it's already, it's come down. I saw the line open at five, five and a half. Now you're getting at four and a half. I think kind of recency bias with all that two of love. So I'm, I'm very in on the Cardinals this week at minus four and a half. 
Before we get to the interview with Kelly, Monkey Knife Fight Lock of the Week, Monkey Knife Fight, huge friend of the program. Use promo code FULLSLATES for a free $5 game and up to $50 first deposit match. Tyler, um, I will get us started here. My Monkey Knife Fight Lock of the Week, uh, I'm going out to Buffalo. We're going to talk about this game with Kelly shortly. The over-under in that one's 55. I love seeking out the highest total and doing a little touchdown dance. Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett, over three and a half touchdowns. I'm getting greedy this week. That pays out four times. Uh, it's two of the worst defensive units in the NFL. Seattle looked a little bit better uh, versus 49ers last week, but I'm anticipating a shootout in Buffalo. It's going to be a nice weekend here on the East Coast. It looks like high 60s, 70s, sunny. Great, great draw for all of us in November. Uh, so I think we're going to see a lot of points, especially Seattle's running back situation is a bit of a disaster with all their injuries. So I expect Russ to throw the ball a lot. So that is my lock of the week. Tyler, A, thoughts, and B, what are you taking? A, yeah, I like that pick. I mean, DK is just an absolute beast. Is he the best receiver in the NFL right now? I tweeted that. I got some flack from Sam Chotty, but like, who who would you draft over him right now? I mean, you think about DeAndre. Trent Taylor. Yeah, true. Trent Taylor, the only wide receiver in the NFL tonight. Uh, Devontae Adams is amazing. DeAndre Hopkins is incredible. Julio, I think, is a little over the, <clears throat> over the hill at this point. Um, but other guys, like, I think there's a real conversation here, and I just don't think he sees the ball quite as much until recently because of the whole Lockett thing and just Seattle's weird offensive set up, but like, how how do you stop this guy? He's massive. He can win jump balls. He has breakaway speed. I don't I don't know. Like the Forty ers played decent defense on him last week. It didn't matter. Yeah, I think those three guys you mentioned are the top three. Uh, maybe Debo when he's healthy, but and I think just the offense he's playing in with Russ cooking at this level and how locked in he is and having Lockett on the other side, which obviously takes up some defensive coverage, like, there's just no way to guard him. He's yeah. he's huge, he's fast. That's going to just go down as, like, one of the most, like, overthought draft picks. Like, how did that guy fall, almost fall out of the second round when all the numbers at the combine were insane? It's like his shuttle was really slow, but, like, just look at the guy. He's a beast, and his teammate, A.J. Brown in college, another guy uh, who went in the second round, like, how did those guys slip? They're, they're incredible. But yeah. I'm going to do touchdown dance as well for a different game this week. I'm going to uh, Los Angeles for the Raiders-Chargers game. This game's in a dome, so the Vegas defense that's terrible that I know and love will come back in this game, not like last week. So I'm taking over two and a half touchdowns in this game. Pays out two to one with Keenan, Mike Williams, and Josh Jacobs. This is going to be a high-scoring game, I think. Uh, Herbert's been amazing so far his rookie year. Really, I mean, shocking me. I didn't think he's going to be this good. Um, so I like those three guys to get over two and a half touchdowns. I think this will be a fun game. And I don't, I'm, we haven't officially kept track of our monkey knife fight, but I have to be at least six and zero. Oh, so hope to keep that. Uh, yeah, we've got to, we've got to add that to the graphic because every time I check it, I'm like, oh, I have a lot, I have a lot of money in here. Uh, so yeah, definitely check that out. Use promo code Full Slate. It is fun. I like that. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm in a monkey knife fight. So we will take a quick break, have a couple words from our sponsors, and be back with Kelly. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. 
Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid only through September 30th. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, and Tyler and I are very excited to welcome back on the Full Slate Airways, Kelly in Vegas. You can catch her work at Bleacher Report Betting, Wager Talk, and the Kelly and Murray Show. Kelly, welcome back. How's the football season going for you out there in Vegas? You know, guys, the, the football season, per usual, is an absolute utter roller coaster ride because beating the NFL year after year is absolutely damn near impossible. We know this. Um, it is the reason why the bookmakers take insurmountable amounts of money on a single game because they know that they have the edge. Um, the last few weeks have been really good, though. The first few weeks was quite the roller coaster ride. The last few weeks have been really nice. So hopefully can keep that going. Uh, I like the momentum here through uh, at least through the middle part of the season. Same thing last year. I went ended up going 12-5 and five on my best bets. But those last couple weeks always get you, especially with guys sitting out, things of that nature. But right now, given uh, all the craziness in the NFL, still doing well. Yeah, that's that's great to hear. We were talking before we got started how Cody and I really struggled last week, and you're like, oh, well, I did very well. So maybe we have to start uh, tailing some of your picks more closely. What's um, what's Vegas been like just with everything going on during the season? You know, we when we first, I guess, kind of met you on the Showtime doc, we saw what Vegas was like during that season, the casinos, everything like that, the sports books. What's it like this year? I mean, do you want me to be honest with you? Vegas sucks right now. Nobody wants to come to Vegas. Uh, there's mask mandates. There's restaurants that are closed. The sports books are open. But if you want to come sit out here in a mask in a booth and watch the guy behind you chain smoke cigarettes and he doesn't have to wear one and you get yelled at in between sips of your, you know, Jack and Coke, yeah, look, it's it's frustrating. As a, as a Vegas resident, I love the city and to see – how bad it's struggling sucks. Uh, I will say this. The new Circa Casino uh, opened their book. We went on Monday night, and it's absolutely beautiful. If you, if, because if you get a booth, it's a little bit different. And the same goes for the Westgate. If you have a booth, it's similar to a restaurant booth. If you have food and drinks on your table, they kind of leave you alone a little bit. Um, because they are smoke-free, it's kind of nice. But your just traditional book right now is not fun, and that's not where I want to be. Yeah, well, I know when you tweeted it out. I think it was last week. Was that the new Circa book with the pool? Like it's almost the yeah. Sports so they actually have an, the in, an they indoor have one a, as well. Yeah, they have a huge indoor one. Uh, I think they have like 25 VIP booths, some high top tables, and then they have VIP stadium seating, which is great. And then they have what they call Stadium Swim, which is outside, which is a monster yeah. 
uh, big screen, and you can watch all the games. They have betting kiosks and stuff out there as well. I mean, look, I, I don't know why there's even betting kiosks. I think the rule number one is when you get to Vegas, open up a betting account. Just mm-hmm. open it up, spend the 20 minutes, deposit your money, and then you can bet no matter where you are, whether your wife drags you to dinner or you are at a pool and it's not easily accessible, or if you're sitting in the book, you don't have to get up and wait in line. Mm-hmm. And worry about losing your ticket and then, oh, and like, I, I can't oh where you is how many it? Times I've I'm had sure it happens all the time. In the past, I've always told people, take a picture of your ticket because at least you have the barcode. Always use a player's card. Now that excuse is out the window. If you lose your ticket, you're just a jackass. Go get a betting account. Do it. Stop it. You don't need a hard copy ticket. You got. You can take a screenshot of the one on your phone. Yeah. Yeah, especially in times of COVID, I feel like everyone would want to transition more to the mobile. It's so much easier. It um, is, and, and again, nobody wants to stand in line. And then you hear the, d- the debate, well, I really want some drink tickets. Well, if you're betting enough, you can walk right up to the window and say, hey, can I get some drink tickets? Here's my, here's my bet slips from today. And no one is going to even question it. Definitely. And like you said, you've been starting to do well the last few weeks. Are I guess so far through the NFL season, have there been teams you've been specifically telling uh, different spots, like anything so far that you've been doing well with? Yeah, you know, uh, the BR betting guys always post really funny memes. If you guys don't follow them, at BR underscore betting. And there's one of Bart Simpson writing, I will not bet on the Jets. And I learned that. I think it was week two that I wasn't going to do that. So I really have avoided that team. Um, I actually wanted to bet them against the Bills, and I just said, you know what? I just can't do it. I think it's right now important to stay away from some really bad teams. The Dallas Cowboys have obviously struggled insane. They've just been insane. They had that opportunity to – to cover that game against the Eagles, and you get that late defensive touchdown, which was kind of wonky. However you look at it, right now, you just got to stay away from both of those teams. Sometimes um, I know sharp betters get very stubborn, and they're like, but my numbers say this. Guess what? Sometimes your numbers may be correct, but you're not going to be able to overcome that late defensive touchdown because a third-string quarterback is throwing like Uncle Rico. Like These are things that you just have to say, you know what? I'm going to cross these guys off my list and not even take an opportunity and give them an opportunity to lose me money. I know we were talking before we started the podcast about this Chargers team. They're not there yet. I was on the Broncos last week. Very, very, very glad to cash that ticket um, down 24-3. That being said, the Chargers don't come through for me this week. They'll probably move to the do not bet list. Yeah, it is funny. The Bart Simpson meme you mentioned, I definitely tweeted that out because I, the Cowboys going into the season bet them multiple times Dak got hurt obviously but even bet them the Andy Dalton first start and then like within friends just were like friends don't let friends bet the Cowboys at this point so I completely echo that sentence they're gonna be the first team to probably go 0-9 against the spread I mean that's how do you not bet against them this I'm I know it's just too fishy. They still haven't even announced who the quarterback is necessarily between Cooper Rush and Garrett Gilbert, but against the Steelers, who are undefeated, their defenses look great. The Steelers just lay eggs, but even still, like, what's the they sentiment do. like look, in Sharp I'm, I'm not in the business of laying double digits on the road, and that is why yeah. we talked about how I looked at that Bills game, and I said, man, now it's at 12 and a half. Like, I just told myself, look, you, I literally have notes everywhere. Um, and I was like, you're just not going to bet the Jets. It doesn't matter. And, yes, I would have cashed that ticket, but if I would have went right back to them the next week against Kansas City, getting three touchdowns, it didn't matter. This is still not a good team, and I, I firmly believe that about the Cowboys, but I'm not in the business of laying over two touchdowns on the road. That's just not 
my style of handicap, Pittsburgh ha- doesn't really care, in my opinion, to go in there and just beat up on a bad Cowboys team. I think they do similar to what we saw the Bucks do on Monday night. They just need to go in there and get a win. So I played Pittsburgh, and I have a, a big money survivor league that I'm a part of uh, with a bunch of buddies. We ended up chopping the pot last year, took home 8800 bucks each. And that's what I'm planning on doing this year. And I'm not trying to overthink things. And I know everybody's like, well, you got to save Kansas City. Well, you got to save this team. No, you don't. I'm playing Pittsburgh this week. I get it. People think I should be saving them. But to me, in this spot, this is the, the easiest spot to play them in. I cannot foresee them losing to the Cowboys. It would take a lot of really bad things to happen on the Steelers end for them to lose that game. I mean, Dallas would have to have everything go right for them. They would have to have excellent quarterback play. They would have to have a big-time running game from Zeke. Their defense would somehow have to step up in every single possible way, and that's just not something we've seen them do at all this year. And the flip side for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's playing well, as you mentioned. It looks really easy to take them. I'm not going to, but I, I do think they win that game. Yeah, it could be a big letdown spot. And as you mentioned with your survivor pool, that has to be the number one pick this week. Um, everyone's expecting them to win. But the Steelers have had a history with, under Mike Tomlin of losing or just making games closer than they should be versus bad teams when you think. Absolutely. Oh, we, we know that he'd like to sit on the lead. We know he likes to burn the clock. I mean, with I will say this, with the divisional game against the Bengals coming up, that is something that you could see maybe them looking ahead here. I doubt it. I know the Bengals are better, obviously, than we've seen in years past. Uh, But I don't necessarily think the Steelers have ultimately just cashed it in against the Cowboys because they have the Bengals on deck. For sure. So let's let's, uh, get to the first game we wanted to discuss with you. A really good game. Seahawks going to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Bills are plus three. Over-unders, 55. What's kind of your thought been on the Bills and Josh Allen? He started off great. First four games, 12 touchdowns, one pick. Last four games, four touchdowns, four picks. You mentioned the game versus the Jets. They struggled in that game. That was a pretty close game. They couldn't score, settled for six field goals. Seems like the hype has kind of calmed down. Are you still believing in the Bills and Josh Allen, or where do you uh, kind of lie with them? I think it's great that the hype has calmed down. I mean, after losing, what was it, a, a Tuesday night game to the Titans, that was incredible. I was all over the Titans in that game. And then losing, obviously, at home um, to the Chiefs, they had these two divisional games, and, and I tell people this all the time. I love betting divisional underdogs, particularly at home. I wasn't on the Pats last week. Had the game been in New England, I would have been. Um, and like I said, that Jets team, you're going to get all you've got against your divisional opponents, especially when you're in first place. They played the Dolphins tough, they played the Jets tough, and they played the Patriots tough. I think coming off of that, now playing a Seahawks team, and this is really what my play is on here in this one, is against that Seahawks team. The Seahawks just played back-to-back divisional games to the Niners and the Cardinals. They now have to travel east to play the Buffalo Bills. And when they get back, they didn't have to play the Rams and then the Cardinals on Thursday night. So uh, do I want to say that maybe Seattle doesn't care that much about this game? Sure, everybody could argue they care about all 16 games. Some of them have a little bit more weight. I think the... The Seattle Seahawks got brought back down to earth a little bit by the Cardinals. Said their lead in the NFC West, not as good now. So I think that that's where their main focus is. I think the Bills have been brought down to earth enough, especially in the betting market. They're getting no respect. At this point, I put the Bills in a teaser. I bet the Bills uh, plus the points, and I bet the Bills on the money line. Interesting. I I feel like 
So I got burned pretty bad by Seattle a couple weeks ago. I like I like Seattle in this one for a couple reasons. The biggest thing for me is this Bills defense is just struggling. Last year they were it was one of their strong suits. It was honestly it was defense, Josh Allen making plays with his feet and they're just kind of piecing together drives offensively. This year they're twenty third in terms of defensive DVOA. Seattle's Achilles heel, we know it's the defense. It's been terrible this year. They looked a little better against the forty ers we know Jimmy G had a bit of an ankle situation going on, but they get Jamal Adams back this week. Carlos Dunlap, they traded uh, from the Bengals. They scoop him up. He's expected to make his debut in this one. So I think they're going get, to get a little burst of energy um, here. The thing that kind of you look at the game and like all the different injury report and stuff, Seattle's entire back, entire uh, running back core is hurt. It seems like DJ Dallas is going to be the guy this week, um, but I actually think that helps them because I think it will just force them to throw the ball more with Russell Wilson and play into the strong suit that they have with Metcalf and and Lockett. That's what's really interesting here, because I think that is what they should do. Yeah. But the Bills can't stop the run. And now now that you're mentioning the key running backs are out for Seattle, I think that that is where my focus would be. That is, if I was Pete Carroll, is to be able to – you can run the ball down – Buffalo's throat and over and over and over. And we saw the Rams. That's how the Rams came back in that game, be able yeah. to really push it there. And that's my that's my concern. I mean, look, the, the Bills haven't performed well as an underdog at home. Granted, that's over, you know, a 15-game sample size. But I, I do really think you, you're right. I think this is going to be a really hard-fought game, which is why I think Buffalo in a teaser is by far my best play this mm. week. Yeah, I'd like the teaser, especially because we know Seattle loves these one-square games. Pete Carroll as a head coach, we know trends are always spot on, but in 24 East Coast games uh, in the early slate, he's 14-7-3 and three against the spread. So this team does have a good uh, track record, of, but this line has creeped up a little bit. I think it opened two, two and a half. Now we're at three. I'm still, I'm still with Seattle on this one. I think Tyler, what about you? You got to break the tie here between the sharp. Uh, and the Joe, I'm going to yeah. say. We'll let, we'll let our listeners decide who's who. <laughs> I hate being a square and agreeing with Cody, <laughs> but I, I tend to like this Seattle in this game. We, we, like Cody said, the East Coast stat, a lot of teams traveling west to east usually play bad. Seattle has always played well in these spots, and i just breaking it down simply. like I trust Russell Wilson a lot more than Josh Allen at this point. I think the Bills are, I said this last week to Cody, Bills are a nice team. They're good. But I think they're going to turn into what we saw the Texans were the last few years with Bill O'Brien, where they go to the playoffs every year. They're like that five seed. They play in that early ESPN Saturday game, and it's a terrible game, and maybe they win, maybe they lose, and then they get blown out in the divisional round. I'm just not a believer on this team. The defense has taken a huge step back this year, and, yeah, they're getting gashed on the ground, but and their pass defense is a little better, but I don't think it matters with Wilson. They're scoring. Seahawks are scoring touchdowns on 88% of the red zone trips, which is an absurd stat. No one could stop DK Metcalf. We saw last week, and Cody mentioned some of the guys are getting back on defense. I thought their defense played really well last week. I don't know if that just says how bad the 49ers are at this point, but Bobby Wagner was all over the place in that game, getting Dunlap, getting Adams. I really like the Seahawks in this game. I'm just not a believer in Allen, Josh Allen. I think the teaser aspect is good because it'll be close. Seattle plays only close games. But in the end, I just trust Wilson to kind of get it done. And I looked at the Bills' schedule uh, the next few weeks, and it's tough. They go to Arizona next week. Then they play the Chargers, which isn't a gimme. Uh, the 49ers at Denver, at New England. Like, 
I think there's a chance that Buffalo could kind of fall off and maybe miss the playoffs if this thing with two is real. Um, so I'm just I'm not a believer in the Bills at this point. Okay, okay. So two two verse one, Kelly. We're not ganging up on you here. Only time will tell who's right, who's wrong. Uh, let's move on to the Sunday night football game: Saints at Bucks. Bucks are four point home favorites in this one. The totals at fifty and a half. Saints coming in on a four game winning streak. Sounds like Michael Thomas might finally come back. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is practicing. Kamara is a little bit banged up. He has a foot thing going on, but he's expected to play. The Bucks six and two. Uh, they've been pretty much rolling since they lost to New Orleans in week one. Kind of, I mean, that was the 4:30 game. Brady threw a pick six, and it wasn't a good performance for them. Um, as you mentioned, Kelly, they kind of slept, slept walk a bit through that Monday night football game. Where's your head at with this Bucks team? I think from what I remember when we had you on a couple months ago, you were bullish on this team then. Are you kind of continuing that sentiment, and do you like them in the yeah, spot? Yeah, I was, I was bullish on this team's season win total under. I thought that they would struggle early, and I was on the Saints in that first game. I said, look, there we go. This is the Tom Brady I've been wanting to see for years. Uh, and now that they've been doing pretty well. I mean, look, I was against them uh, in the Bears game. It's not very much fun to bet against Tom Brady and the Bucks when they're rolling. I, I've decided I'm not betting against them at home, and that's just bottom line. I think for the first time in a long time, I actually am very bullish on the Bucks, and that's bullish on them against the Packers, uh, mainly because the Packers are getting entirely too much love, and now it seems like the Saints might be getting too much love here, and everybody's saying, well, what about Kamara coming back, uh, Sanders coming back, uh, Thomas coming back, and I said, I don't know if it matters, and they said, well, what do you mean? I go, this Bucks defense is the real deal. This Bucks defense has been kicking ass for weeks, and really, this is the reason why Tom Brady's able to make the plays he's able to make. He gets on the field. He does the few things he needs to do, whether it ends up in a field goal or a touchdown, it doesn't matter. And then the defense takes over and is able to keep it in between the lines, right? So this is more of a play against the New Orleans Saints. I was against them last week. I was on the Bears, and the Bears should have won that game. After, you know, punches got thrown, kind of killed the momentum. Of course, then Nick Foles throws a pick, which I totally saw the writing on the wall there. Saints very lucky to escape a win in Chicago. But you're absolutely right. I did think that Tampa Bay was looking ahead on Monday night. Now, again, I have the under. I wasn't rushing to back the Giants, catching double digits at home. Maybe if I had looked a little bit better in the scheduling spot, I would have considered it. It doesn't matter. Tampa Bay, big-time divisional rivalry here with the Saints. I mean, this is for first place in the NFC South. They've got to win this game. I think four and a half is a rather interesting number. I wouldn't be surprised to see some money coming in on the Saints late, but I'm really, really high on Tampa Bay this week. It's actually the best bet that I'm going to give out on Bleacher Report. Yeah, I'm, I'm bullish on the Bucks as well this week. I think a couple things. One, obviously the way the week one game went, they want to get some revenge there, and you can't afford to go 0-2 versus Saints when you're fighting for the division. Also, the one seed is up for grabs still in the NFC. Um, also, like you said, the Bucks' defense, they're so fast. When they played the Packers, that was so evident. They were flying all over the field, and kind of after the first quarter of that game, Packers couldn't do anything, and I think the Saints' offense, that's so dink and dunk with Breeze at this point, so many screens to Kamara. They try to work in Taysom Hill. Obviously, Michael Thomas and Sanders being back helps, but it's still not a big play offense. They're not going to throw the ball down the field. They're 26th in explosive plays this year, so I love the Bucks' defense going up against that offense. 
And also, the Saints are dead last in the NFL in red zone defense, and the Bucks are third in red zone offense. So when Brady's been getting down there, they've been scoring. Godwin's 50-50, but they do have Antonio Brown this week, so that's another wrinkle to the offense. So mm-hmm. I love the Bucks this week. Um, so that, that's my play. What about you, Cody? Yeah, we're all in agreement here. The Saints, you nice. look at it, their, their last three games, they've won by three points against kind of mediocre opponents, Chargers, Panthers, Bears. I think the Bucks are starting to hit their stride here. I agree with what you said, Tyler. They definitely want revenge from week one. Brady kind of got embarrassed. I was, like, excited because I also thought Brady was washed coming into the season, and I definitely eat in Crow. He's been incredible. 17 touchdowns, one pick the last six games. Antonio Brown, Bruce Arians is being very coy about how much they're actually going to use him. It seems like Godwin is kind of questionable. We'll have a better idea tomorrow whether or not he's going to play uh, from what it seems. But he said he could play like 10 10 snaps, could play 35. He said he looked good in practice. I feel like Antonio Brown's going to be really good with the Bucks. He's staying at Tom Brady's house, I saw, which is pretty bizarre. Um, but I don't, I don't know what... Uh, he's like he's talking to a guru, um, so I feel like he he realizes this is it. This is the last chance. Tom Brady obviously vouched for him. Um, I like the Bucks minus four for all the reasons you guys said, um, and also the Bucks in Florida, right? So home game for them. They're gonna have fans. This is the biggest like Bucks home game. I I don't know how long. So we don't really have home field advantage this season, but in terms of the this will be on the, the highest scale of, oh, wow, there's actually fans here that are going to be loud, right? They, the Saints beat up on the box year after year. So I think, and it makes me feel better that this is also your best bet, Kelly. So we're all in agreement here. Yeah, don't forget, it's just absolutely miserable for some of these teams. I know that the, the New Orleans Saints are in the South as well, but they play indoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw last week how miserable it was in Miami for the Rams. I, I, right now it is just muggy. And yeah. terrible, and if we can get 100 degrees on the play, uh, the uh, visiting team side of the field, it gets even worse. So I think it's something to to really look for there as well. Yeah, that is a good point. That is a good and, point. And one thing I wanted to bring up on the box, kind of what shot them in the foot early in the season, especially in that Bears game, penalties. The last three games, they are the least penalized team in the NFL, so I think they got that righted. They righted the ship there. That's all Tom Brady coming from New England, so the, their biggest weakness, I think, kind of got taken care of there. So, I mean, we're all on it. Kelly, said it's your best bet, so can't see what goes wrong here Sunday night. <laughs> we'll be waiting all day for it, but I'm feeling good about them. Awesome. Let's uh, let's move on to our lock of the week. So, Kelly, are the Bucks your lock of the week, or do you want to give another one? Well, I don't use that word ever. You guys know this. Uh, I fight BR betting guys every single day on it. I think that's like their new thing is whoever can get me to use that word first. Uh, yes, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of my best bets. And, and like I said when we started the show, the Chargers are in there. The Buffalo Bills are in there. Um, that's about the three that I've played early on this week. We'll see how lines move. I like to get good information from the bookmakers as well throughout the week. And I always kind of just add to things, especially in this, we'll call it a COVID era. Um, mm-hmm. You want to make sure that everybody's playing, right? I, I liked uh, – I like the Lions early on, and then we were hearing rumors about uh, Matthew Stafford possibly having COVID contact tracing. And so now you have to kind of pump the brakes and wait and see. Now he's not practicing all week. I'm probably going to end up staying off that game, but it's just something to really consider uh, when placing your bets that 
at any point in time, it could just go all to hell because of uh, <laughs> because somebody somebody was around somebody else that may have COVID. Mm-hmm. With the Chargers, what number were you getting them at? Just out of curiosity. So I actually just bet the Chargers right before the show. It dropped to a pick them. Um, at one of the places that I bet, and I said, yeah. all right, fine, I'll take advantage here. I know there's a lot of one, let's see, there's even some one and a half still out there. So definitely yeah. shop around. I wouldn't I wouldn't lay a lot of points with this team. I think the Chargers um, add a pick them, and if they do go to a dog, I will be putting them in a teaser with probably the Bills, Giants, Colts. I, I do kind of these like little round-robin teasers lately, mm. and they've been really, really profitable, so I'm going to keep them going as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, the the Chargers Raiders game's a pick at Bet Online, a friend of the program. So definitely check that out. So Tyler, our locks of the week. You are six and two. I'm three, four and one. Pains me to say that, Kelly, as older brother. Tyler, you're up. So I'll let you go first here. It's like golf. Go ahead. Okay, I'll go first. So before you join Kelly, Cody and I discussed this game, but I'm going back to it. I really like the Cardinals this week, minus four and a half. Um, for some of the reasons I talked about earlier. Miami's rush defense is terrible. They're dead last in rushing success rate. According to DVOA, they have the worst rush defense in the NFL, and I don't think that suits them well for a couple reasons. One, Arizona's great running the ball, third in explosive runs, fourth in rushing success rate. And also, last week, that game in Miami versus Rams, their defense was on the field for 92 plays. The Rams doubled up their time of possession. Um, So I think the defense is going to be tired, and you have Arizona coming off a bye, well-rested. And also, we talk about it a lot with college sports, I think, with football and basketball, those breakthrough wins that give a program momentum. Saw with IU versus Penn State uh, earlier in the year. Um, I think the Cardinals had a breakthrough win versus Seattle, division rival on Sunday night, winning just an absolutely crazy game. So I think they're going to have a ton of momentum getting that win. Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, second year, ride that wave. So I like the Cardinals minus four and a half uh, this week versus Miami. Kelly, what do you think about that one? This is tough for me. Um, So I do a show every week on Wager Talk called Bet On It, and uh, Vegas Runner, Ace, Yanni the Greek, whatever you want to call him, the guy's got 85 different nicknames. His best bet was the Dolphins. And that got me really looking at this Dolphins team, and I I haven't bet him yet. I'm not going to be surprised to see a ton of money coming on the Cardinals for – Every single reason that was just listed, it makes a ton of sense. But I honestly think that the bookmakers are baiting people to take the Cardinals here. Is what I've decided now. Again, we are filming on a Thursday. I have not bet against it. Uh, it does make me very apprehensive, though, uh, because this man gets great information. And I think that what we're seeing here with this very short line makes me nervous. That's all I'm going to leave it at. Uh, I, I don't have a great analytical reason why you should take the Dolphins. I wasn't necessarily overly impressed with Tua. I was actually kind of shocked that they went from a winning quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick to Tua that quickly. I was kind of hoping maybe the Cowboys would be smart enough to pick up Ryan Fitzpatrick. I guess they're not capable of doing that, or at least James Winston or any other secondary quarterback other than the three that they've been attempting to use. Um, but I'm not betting against your best bet. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm a little apprehensive because – Outside of the fact that Miami's been covering games at a pretty extensive clip, I can't figure out why this line is so cheap. 
Yeah, that, that doesn't make me feel good hearing that. <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, I like Flores a lot. I actually put in the future on him to win Coach of the Year before the season. So I love that. Brian Flores is a great coach. I know we were talking about not a great coach in Anthony Lynn before we started the show. <laughs> Brian Flores is actually the Bill Belichick disciple that does well. There's like two of them out there. And uh, Mike Rabel, Brian Flores, everybody else that coached under Bill Belichick, not so much. Not so great. Not so, so we'll see. You said Yanni the Greek? Yeah, he does a lot of stuff with the UFC, and he uh, is one of the guys that's on the show. And like I said, he gets he gets really good information, and so I never want to go against it. I'm not saying that. Kelly, it's you know, the you know, we we normally so we normally record on a, a Wednesday, so we have a Thursday. So now Tyler's had a whole extra 24 hours to crank his model here. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't. I'm cheering doesn't. for you. I'm cheering for you unless I end up. Uh, if we see this line drop, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up really quick. We have a really good uh, free odd service at Wager Talk that you can check all of the lines so that you can shop around. I'm actually gonna pull it up right now. I'm curious to see where this line's headed based on what the offshore market looks like, and that'll give you kind of an indication here. Yeah. Um, it looks like oh yeah, lots lots of reverse line movement here. Uh, we see oh. some fours popping up at Bookmaker. <laughs> uh, sorry to the Bet Online guys, I love them as well. Dave Mason, great guy. So. That that makes me a little nervous. If it hits if it hits four here in Vegas, uh, I may end up on the Dolphins. Yeah, we, we we love we love Dave on the pod. He's like he's like a foreign uncle to us. But um, yeah. all right, so I'm I'm officially a square. <laughs> I thought that was a great pick. But uh, square 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 games cash all the time in the NFL, all the time. Did you guys not hear when I gave out the Texans versus the Packers? I got mutilated for that one. So yeah, and rightfully so. Look. I just said, hey, it looks like a trap game. I can't explain it. This kind of looks a little trappy as well. Okay. Yeah, hopefully. Okay. Keep your head up, Tyler. We're, we're all pulling for you here. Um, okay, so my lock of the week. <laughs> um, I like the Panthers this week versus the Chiefs. Panthers getting 10.5 on the road in Arrowhead. So Panthers, they have extra time off. They kind of had an embarrassing performance on Thursday Night Football. They lose to the Falcons. Christian McCaffrey's practice yesterday in full pads. He hasn't played since week two. Tyler and I definitely believe running backs are very replaceable, and I stand by that. But McCaffrey is top three guy in the league, so that will give them some extra juice. Uh, This Chiefs rush defense is 29th best in the league. They're allowing 143 yards a game there. So I think they're going to rely on McCaffrey coming back, plus Mike Davis, keep Mahomes on the sideline. And you look at... You look at the Chiefs injury report, they're a little bit banged up themselves. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz, he still hasn't practiced this week. The right tackle, he hasn't practiced since October 17th. He's missed the last two games. Can I text his brother and see if he's going to play? Yeah, Jeff, <laughs> please do. Please do. Uh, we, they have a bye next week, so I could see them just being like, ah, oh, we're double-digit favorites, not that they care. But they're like, oh, we're expected to win this game. Let's just rest him another week. Frank Clark has a bit of a knee thing going on as well. He missed a practice this week. So I like the Panthers, and it comes back to this as well. Teddy on the road as a road dog is is a very profitable trend. 16-2 and two against the spread in his career in that spot. The last four games for this Panthers team as road dogs, they've covered all of those. And in 2020, generally speaking, road underdogs off a loss are 24-13 and 13 this season. I like Carolina in a bounce-back spot. That line against the Falcons on Thursday night was definitely a trap. I fell victim to it. 
So I kind of feel like they're going to play better. I, I mean, I fully expect the Chiefs to win. I'm not really intrigued by Panthers' money line, but 10.5, that back door is definitely open. So I'm going with the Panthers this week as my lock of the week. I would Ke- love Kelly, how'd I do? Yeah, I think you did great. Uh, look, I, I, I would love for the Panthers to win that game. Uh, everybody in my little pool chastised me last week for using the Chiefs, and I said, look, right now the Chiefs are just on cruise control mode. They yeah. lost to the Raiders. We've seen that they were vulnerable against teams like the Chargers. We know that this team is headed into a bye, as you mentioned. They are kind of banged up. I love Teddy Bridgewater. I love Matt Rule. I think that this team has the shot to somehow spring the upset. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying that they're going to. I'm not saying go bet a ton of money on the money line. I definitely like the 10.5 here. Um, look, this is a really good Chiefs team, but we know that they have some vulnerabilities. And if the Panthers can exploit them, this is going to be an interesting Sunday for Chiefs fans. Yeah, my, my one concern, I guess, would be Panthers' defense is terrible. Um, a few weeks ago versus the, versus the Saints, the Saints were like 12 of 14 on third down. And they played at Atlanta last week. <clears throat> they couldn't get off the field. And Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, I feel like the last couple weeks, I don't know. He, he lost me money last Thursday, so I'm still holding a little bit of a grudge on that. So I guess it is a good pick to go with Carolina when they look so bad they could only come back the other way. Just betting against Mahomes terrifies me. But uh, like you said, Cody, they're going into buy, have some injuries. Maybe they're not going all out for this game. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, only only time will tell. Um, but Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you coming back on the pod. And uh, where can our listeners follow you on Twitter and your different shows? Hey, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Kelly in Vegas. Don't follow me on Instagram. I'm really boring, and all I do is repost basically everything from Twitter uh, and pictures of my dog. All jokes aside, uh, yeah, that's uh, my main social media. That's where I give out uh, all the links so you can get all my pics. Uh, I joke all the time that I don't sell my picks, but you have to actually go to those places that do pay me so you can listen. Kelly and Murray podcast, Wager Talk, uh, at BR underscore betting. Uh, Sunday mornings, we're actually doing this really fun show in the BR app called The Squad Ride. It's myself, Greg, and Cabby. We're giving out picks. I give out my best bet. Usually on the show, like I said, I spoiled it and gave it to you guys here for your listeners. Uh, but if you're looking for those best bets in the future, you can catch it on Bet On It or on that Squad Ride show on Sunday mornings. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thanks, guys. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Ranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.